0: ContraZoom,
1: where we go back and forth about film.
0: I'm Dakota Arsenault,
1: and I'm Rachel Ho.
0: It's that time of year again. It's Oscar prediction time. It's where we put our pristine reputations on the line in hopes that you win your office pool. The last few episodes, we have gone over the odds and scenarios where each of the best picture nominees have to win their respective awards. But today, we are going to go through the 21 awards, not the shorts, and name who we think will win and who we want to win. Joining Rachel and I today is Stephanie Pryor, last heard on episode 162 Vancouver Queer Film Festival 2021. Welcome back Stephanie. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Happy to talk about the Woo! Oscars yet again. This is the first
0: time that you and Rachel have been on the same yeah. episode. Yeah. I'm
2: very excited. I'm very excited. Super yeah. excited
1: about that.
0: This is going to be <laughs> reminiscent of uh when we had Naomi on and I'm just going to have to take a back seat, won't I Rachel? <laughs>
1: Yes, and that's as as it should be. Quite as it frankly, should, exactly. as it should be. See, thank you, Steph. Thank you very much.
0: As a white straight man, I find this very offensive right now.
1: Uh huh. You could you can watch Licorice Pizza, and that would like sure settle you in somehow. God, I hated that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. I want to check in with everyone on how their Oscar death race is going. As of this recording, I only have two features left and five shorts, putting me at 46 out of 53. Rachel, where are you for uh, watching Oscar-nominated movies?
1: 31. Um, And I haven't watched any of the shorts yet. Apologies to the people who make the shorts. Um, And then other than that, I think it's like... Maybe, I think I've seen most of the features. I, there might be like the one with the original song, the Diane Warren one. I haven't seen that. Yeah, um, I'm pretty Nor do I think, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to. And then the documentaries and the international feature, I'm missing a few on those.
0: Well, you said you, you've seen 31, so that means there's 38 total. So you're only missing seven, which isn't bad at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually pretty impressed. I didn't think I'd seen that many. I was mostly aiming to watch all of the best pictures and the acting ones. Those were the ones that I was like trying to make sure that I I watched them. And a few of them I had seen a little while back, like something like Spencer. I saw that back at TIFF. Um, So it wasn't anything I needed to watch now.
0: Fair enough. And then, Steph, as of, I want to say, two weeks ago, you were like 15 movies (laughs) behind me. How are you doing these days?
1: (laughs)
2: Um, I only have one feature left to watch, and Damn. short, so I'm actually up on you right yep. now, um, which Where I'm shocked. It? I can't believe I caught up.
0: Yeah, she decided to watch the the Diane Warren movie.
2: I'm just oh, saying, yeah, I know, I'm just watching Cyrano, missing Cyrano.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I saw that just a few weeks ago, it's not bad, it's all right.
2: Yeah, that's on my, this week coming up,
1: that's yep. my to-do list.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. That's pretty good. You guys did, both of you did very, very well, I think. Like, thank you're you. are basically there. Mm-hmm. Like, you're basically there.
0: Almost there. Almost, yeah. Um, but before we get into our picks, I want to recognize that a few weeks ago, Rachel won the Toronto Film Critics Association <laughs> Emerging Ooh, Critics Award.
1: So, a huge
0: congratulations yay. to you, Rachel.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a daunting evening. I wasn't prepared to have to make a speech. It was... <laughs> I was sweating so much. And it was the first time that I'd been out in, like, ages, like, two, yeah. three years. It was the first time going to, like, an actual event. And I was, I felt like, my feet hurt. I was very out of practice. And I was exhausted <laughs> by, like, 8 p.m. I was like, I want to go home. Um, but it was fun. Thank you, though. Thank you very much.
0: Did you wear your fancy sweatpants?
1: i literally went and found a stretchy black dress (laughs) i was like whatever i just need something and then i i I saw that and i was like yeah okay that'll that'll work and then um yeah i did wear high heels though which i haven't done that in a little while so my feet were sore for like i think the next day it felt really sad actually how sore my feet were i was like wow i just haven't done this in a while
0: (laughs) who did you end up thanking
1: um you of course obviously just you of course i walked yeah. i walked up there and i said thank you dakota and i went peace <laughs> out my drop um no i think uh, alex hudson who's my editor at exclaim uh jason gorber at that shelf and mark glassman and pat mullen at pov magazine um oh fun fact rick mercer gave me my award which was kind of cool oh, um cool yeah, I was very neat meeting him. I was like, "Wow, I've wa- literally been watching you my whole life." Um, <laughs> right. And David Cronenberg was getting a lifetime achievement award from the uh, TFCA, so I got to meet him as well, and that was really cool. He was—he was a very, very nice guy. I mean, I didn't expect him to be rude or anything, but yeah, he was—he was really cool.
0: In shorter than you expect it, right?
1: Well, oh, I wasn't gonna say that. I felt like it might be kind of—I what I. You know. Well, you know, David
0: Cronenberg <laughs> does regularly listen and send me emails. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. But bo- both of them, actually, both Rick Mercer and David Cronenberg, were a little shorter than I thought. I mean, I guess especially Rick Mercer, because I'm so used to seeing him sitting behind a desk when he does the this hour's 22 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have any gauge on how tall he is. David Cronenberg, he's, at, like, he's not only very short. like He's a very slight man. like He's quite small. Um, he is... Older, though, so I will give him that. But, but um, yeah, neither of them were exactly what I thought it, they, w- they would be in terms of height. And I feel bad <laughs> saying that, but, yeah, you know,
0: it's fine. All good. One of my favorite Cronenberg stories, and, you know, he's such a character, is how he's on Star Trek Discovery – but he's never watched it, and has zero interest in watching Star Trek at all. He just like they called me up and asked if I wanted to act it, and I said sure.
1: That's funny. I didn't know that he's not a. Oh, his Star Trek episodes were good too. Yeah. I, he's like he, but he doesn't do a lot of acting though, does he? I
0: don't think. No, he does. no, he does it every yeah, once in a while. Good. Usually very small parts, uh, but every once in a while he he does do it. <laughs>
1: I felt kind of bad. Cause I what I wanted to say to him was like, "Your son's movie Possessor is really, <laughs> really good." <laughs> like, that's what I really wanted. But I was like, "It's his night. Let's." I'm gonna leave him be. it yeah. it's fine. He, you know- oh, he was saying he was gonna get cataract surgery. Ooh. Um, in the week following, so hope hope you're doing well, Mr. Cronenberg. Hope <laughs> hope the surgery went well and everything's yep. good.
0: Honestly, I'm sure if you went up to him and started talk to him, talking to him about his son, he probably would be more open to talking about that than any of his himself, own movies.
1: Yeah, unless he was a real jerk and was like, "I don't give a <laughs> shit about that guy." Yeah, we don't
2: know how narcissistic he is. My yeah, exactly. Knockoff
1: version of me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, you mean like little me, mini me, like that that guy?" I wonder where his inspiration came from. But yeah, uh, for yeah. the record, he did not say that. He was he was very delightful. He did make a funny joke that I'm not going to say because kind of about somebody but it was really funny and i really appreciated it
0: yes okay well let's get into this today as i noted, it, we will be picking who we want and who we think will win but leaving out snubs and the reason is later this week our second annual if we were oscar voters article is coming out and you could see all the ways rachel and i are smarter and have better <laughs> taste than the actual academy is that not right rachel
1: Absolutely. I actually need to go back because when I did my first ones, I didn't include – I hadn't seen, so I hadn't seen Drive My Car. So I'm going to have to go back and throw that bad boy in because that was – So we're having uh, a bit of an
0: on-air production meeting, huh?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to need to to do a little bit of a rewrite um, and hopefully it won't won't, uh, put too much of a – oh, no, it might. Yeah, We'll talk about the it later. Thing, the we'll the thing that yesterday
0: later. you said was locked in.
1: Yeah, I just realized. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I'll figure a way around it. It's fine. We will figure yeah,
0: it out. We will make it work. But uh, yes. I am going to follow the same order that I've set out for this article, one that I'm sure no one will actually care about. Uh, so we're going to be jumping around a little bit from bigger categories, from smaller ones, and then back to the bigger categories. You know, we're going to keep it interesting like the actual Oscars do. Um, and oh my God, I am worried about this ceremony. But we're going we're gonna to talk about that on our, our wrap-up episode. But we're going to start things off with Best Supporting Actress we're gonna do a little bit of a round table so Rachel we'll start with you who do you want to win and who do you think will win for Best Supporting Actress
1: Um, I'm going with Ariana DeBose for both I think that she does deserve to win I liked the other performance I was debating was Jesse Buckley's um, in The Lost Daughter because I think she's really really great in that but I really like Ariana DeBose. She was the highlight of West Side Story for me, and I do think she's going to win. She's won pretty much every award, I think, that she's been nominated for going into it. So mm-hmm. my money would be on Ariana. Yeah. Ariana? Ariana? Ariana.
0: Whatever. I don't know. I'm not too sure. I'm sorry, Ariana mm-hmm. Ariana. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Steph, what about you?
2: Yeah, I was tempted to pick Jessie Buckley as well. I thought she was the best part of The Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also just a personal like big fan of hers, I end up going with my want to be Kirsten Dunst. Um, the mm. more I thought about The Power of the Dog, the more I liked it, which is funny because I remember after first watching it, I turned to you and was not quite sure about it. Yeah. Um, but she is my want. I think she had a very powerful performance, and there was a lot of subtleties going on in that movie. But I agree with Rachel. I think Ariana DeBose, this is hers to lose, really.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go three for three of of thinking that Ariana DeBose is going to end up winning it, but I'm in agreement with Seth for Kirsten Dunst. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of this category. Uh, as you're going to find out, I'm going, we're probably going to reference this a few times, our own actual picks. I don't think I have any overlap.
1: I can't remember. I don't think I do either, actually. I don't think I do either. Kirsten Dunst is a good pick, though. She, I heard, saw her make a comment that, like, I think it was during the nominations, they asked her, might have been Vanity Fair, one of those guys asked, like, have you watched all of the movies yet? Like, Or no, have you watched um, Drive My Car? I think that was the very specific question. And Nicole Kidman before her had been like, no, I haven't seen it yet. Like, I heard (laughs) it's great, but I'm going to watch it. And Kirsten Dunst was like, of course I've seen it. I'm an Academy member and I'm a vote, like, I vote, so of course (laughs) I've seen it. And I was like, I I love you. Yeah, it was amazing. I was like, this girl was clearly that annoying kid in school that I was as well. And I'm like, of course you did the work because you're supposed to do the work. So I love that.
0: Big, big Kirsten Dunst fan over here.
1: Yeah, she's great. I -hmm. don't have any strong feelings towards her, but yeah,
0: she's good. All right, let's let's move on to Best Supporting Actor. Steph, we're going to start with you. Who do you want to win and who do you think is going to win?
2: Oh, this was so tough for me. I liked a lot of these performances, um, minus one in particular, but um, I won't talk about that. Um, my want is Cody Smith McPhee. Again, I think there's a lot of subtleties. I really enjoyed his performance and the arc that his character had and the way he um, performed it. But I do think that Troy... Kotzer is that how you say his name? is going to take it, um, which I would be totally happy with as well. I really enjoyed his performance. One of my favorite scenes in that movie is directly related around him, so I would be totally happy to see him win.
0: Interesting. Uh, this uh, The complete flip side from supporting actress, I would be fine with any of these guys winning. I, I did like them all, despite the fact that being the Ricardos was a, a pretty god-awful movie for me. I did think J.K. Simmons was probably the best part overall of it. I'm very surprised by Jesse Plemons' nominations. Very happy there, but uh, my want is Kieran Hins from Belfast. I really like that. That was one I've kind of debated back and forth, but every time I, I think about it a lot, it, it really it really hits hard for me. But then comes the million-dollar question as we've kind of been wrestling with this entire series of, of pre-Oscar shows of who's going to win supporting actor between Troy Kotzer and Cody Smith-McPhee, and, and I'm not too sure. It seems like as of right now, Kotzer has more momentum, but I think Cody Smith-McPhee is probably still going to win. As I mentioned on the last episode, they both ha- sort of have similar but different storylines where they are newcomers to the Academy, but from very different reasons. I'm going to go with Cody smith McVee and I don't feel super confident about this. Rachel, what about you?
1: That could pay off. I mean, like, if we were betting on this somehow, that could pay <laughs> off because I'm, I'm going with um, Troy Kotzer as my want to win and as the one I think is going to win. Um, I just think he's, he's so good in CODA and like, and I just, I feel like similar to, um, when Brad Pitt won, I kind of feel like his, all of the acceptance speeches that he was making, um, on his way to the Oscar that endeared him even more to Oscar voters, like right to the end of the line. And I kind of feel like Troy Klotzer has got the same thing where people are really, really rooting for him to win. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I, it's my favorite performance of the five, I think I, I really like um, Karen in, in Belfast as well, though, because I, I think that's a really, really great performance, too. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Troy Klotzer and for both. I want to and think is going to win. But Steph, which was the one that you didn't like? Who, who's the person you don't like? <laughs>
2: um, I was not a big fan of being the Ricardos. And so J.K. Simmons, I don't think yeah. really
0: deserves to be in the midst of the others. It was a surprising nomination, nonetheless.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, nobody from being the Ricardo should be nominated, mm, as far as I'm uh, concerned. No. Too. So, yeah, I was very annoyed by that because you took up a, a spot that somebody else. But, anyways, that's for another day. <laughs> it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move over to Best Actress, and I don't. I kind of shot myself in the foot here by going first. Uh, I I have no idea who I think is going to win. You know, the precursors yeah. are teaching us absolutely nothing. The has nominated five different women completely. I don't know who's going to win this. I think probably the final two are Chastain and Kidman. But Ooh. I would not be shocked if Coleman or Stewart somehow pulls out a victory. And I, I would not put any money on this category. I have no idea what's going on. The only thing I think is Penelope Cruz definitely is not winning. And she is my want out of this category. She is my favorite. I loved Parallel Mothers. Such a great performance where she has so much emotion for this character that is going through such a traumatic event throughout the course of, you know, a a few years. That said, who I think is going to win... I think it's going to be Chastain. I think this is going to be a bit of a, oops, we screwed up the last few times you've been nominated, and you probably should have at least an Oscar by now. Sort of what I think they want it to do with Amy Adams, uh, but she keeps picking god-awful movies. (laughs) Uh, So her day is going to come where she's going to win for an undeserving role, and this year Jessica Chastain's going to win for an undeserving turn in the eyes of Tammy Faye. So, uh, Rachel, am I crazy here?
1: No, I mean, I was. I think she was shocked that she's been winning as well. I think, like, I don't think she expected that she was going to be have very much momentum. I, I'm going with Olivia Coleman as my prediction. Just to, because I'm, I'm with you. I don't know. Like, I actually think all of them minus Penelope Cruz has a pretty good shot at this. Um, which is a shame because Penelope Cruz is also my personal pick like that's that's who i would vote for but i think she's amazing like everything that you said about parallel mothers i completely agree with um but i'm gonna go with olivia coleman i just kind of feel like the academy really likes her i think there might be a bit of vote splitting going on that could end up um benefiting coleman in the end so i mean she took it from glenn close before so i feel like she can take it from these guys too it's fine
0: now do you think that it's too soon for olivia coleman to win a second time
1: no i don't i i don't i don't know if i would say yes if the other ones were stronger i guess the problem with eyes of tammy faye is it's not a good movie like the movie itself is not great she's good like she's fine in terms of doing an impression of somebody who actually existed but i don't know i i find that when the movie is crap and it's I don't think Tammy Faye is a very good movie. And that's why it's not nominated um, for anything on its own. Mm -hmm. I think then it kind of like leaves a bad taste almost for the performance itself. Um, No, I don't know. I don't, I never really buy into like the idea of, oh, it's going to be too soon. Like they can't win because we've seen it before. Like people win with maybe a couple years or even back to back that happens. Um, especially when it's a good performance. And things, I'll say, Olivia Colman is good in The Lost Daughter. It wasn't my favorite movie, but she is very, very good in it.
0: Yeah, if you want to go with some recent examples, you have both Mahershala Ali and Christoph Walt, yeah. who won uh, Best Supporting Actor awards. I think both of them twice in three years or twice in four years. Yeah. They were ridiculously short spans. And then I think the last back-to-back winner was like Tom Hanks in the early 90s. It, it is very rare, and it's very difficult to do, but Coleman, you're right, does seem to be favored by the Academy, and that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it's between Chastain and Coleman, and I think just because Tammy Faye is a flashier role, um, and the kind of snubs that Chastain's gotten in the past, I can see her taking it. So she's the one that I'm going to to guess is going to take the win. Um, but I actually really like Kristen Stewart. Um, I like her personally, and I, I think everything she acts in is like amazing. Um, so she's my want, actually. I think she brought something really special to her performance in Spencer and really carried that whole movie for me. So she's the want that I want for leading role for
0: Very close runner-up for me. Mm-hmm.
1: She is very good. I think that's the first one where all three of us went with somebody different for the prediction at least Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool
0: all right so now we're gonna go to best actor rachel lead us off
1: i mean obviously i'm picking denzel washington for my want (laughs) like come Mm -hmm. on he's the best he's so good and he's so good in this movie it baffles me that he's not just a shoe-in for this but i know that he's also not campaigning or doing any of those glad handing things because he's denzel and he doesn't need to do that kind of stuff um, so I I love him. I think it's such a commanding performance. I love an actor who I don't want to say he's past his prime, but I, I and okay, I'm gonna say he's past his prime. But I don't mean in terms of the quality of his work. I just mean in terms of the quantity. I don't. He's not working as much as he used to because he's older. And if he were in any other job, he'd probably be retired right now. So um, I love when he does come out and do performance because he's so good. Like he just kind of reminds you of why we've held him up on a pedestal for so long and the tragedy at Macbeth is a perfect vehicle for Denzel. I think he's amazing in it. I do think though, the person who's going to win is the one who's been winning on the whole thing, which is Will Smith for King Richard. And I'm not that excited by that. I mean, whatever, (laughs) but he he's, he's won everything else. And it would be kind of silly to not put your chips on him because it kind of feels like it's his time. You know, he hasn't really had a i think ali was the last time that he was you know i mean he was nominated for ali but it's just he hasn't really been in the mix for oscar stuff for a little while now and um yeah i mean he's he's been around in hollywood for a very long time so kind of your logic about chastain um even more so for will smith of saying like it's kind of time for him it's his his it's his night
0: yeah it's such a tricky one um I, I don't know. Steph, what, where do you land on all this?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I'll say, yes, Denzel is amazing. And I think that
1: role was almost made for him.
2: That role was so <laughs> Denzel, it was amazing. But my he made, one,
1: like, Denzel Macbeth. It's amazing. Like, it's so cool.
2: Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Like that was just him for, like, <laughs> 100% so Denzel cool. Washington. Which was amazing. It. And I did it's like so that cool. movie quite a bit. Um, yeah. But my pick is Benedict Cumberbatch. Um yeah. I think a trend you guys will be seeing throughout this podcast is I'm thinking a lot of uh, The Power of the Dog, <laughs> so just a heads up. <laughs> um, but I totally agree. I think this is Will Smith's to lose. And um, and again, agree, unfortunately so. I, I have a lot of qualms with this movie, a lot of things that I like to nitpick and talk about and pull it apart, but it is what it is. And I think if he doesn't win, I will be... Surprised, but also happily surprised. So, just putting it out there, he's who I think is going to win. But I would love to see um, Benedict or even Denzel win. But Benedict's my pick for one.
0: Mm. I am on Team Rachel for this. Denzel is is my pick. Whoa. He he was he was so good. <laughs> I, I good. love that movie. I love his performance, and the fact that he was able to make Francis McDormand look small yeah. and. I don't want to call yeah, her insignificant, yeah. but, like, not many people can overshadow Frances McDormand, and Denzel just blows her out of the water. Yeah. And she still puts in a great performance.
1: It's it's kind of weird, because Frances McDormand is kind of, like, forgetful in that movie. A um, little not, bit. She's, not her. Like, she's not, like, she's forgetting her lines. But, I mean, like, you kind of forget she was in it sometimes. You're just like, oh, yeah, like, Denzel was Macbeth. Oh, right. Yeah. Francis McDormand was Lady Macbeth. Like, I I find Mm -hmm. that he really overshadowed her. And like you said, not an easy thing to do. um, Especially because Lady Macbeth, I think, is actually a better role than King Macbeth, in my personal opinion. I agree. Um, And you have one of the best actresses doing it. So I like everything was there for her. I kind of thought she might have been nominated without having seen the movie. I was like, it would be hilarious if she got nominated again. um, Mm -hmm. Because she just won last year. So I thought that would have been funny. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: It, it was prime for her to win back-to-back years. Yeah,
2: I was surprised she wasn't nominated, too. Yeah. I wish that, I don't know her name, the one who played the witches. <laughs> I oh, Catherine, Catherine Hunter. He she was nominated,
1: because she yes, was Yes, so she was so good. So, so, yes. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh,
0: but uh, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here. Uh, I am putting good energy and good vibes Ooh. out into the world. Not Will Smith. Is my good vibes. Uh, I am picking Benedict Cumberbatch to win. You know this is going to come up later on. I I think Power of the Dog is going to do okay at the at the Oscars, not in terms of what it wins, but the quantity. And I think this is going to up the quantity just a little bit. And this is this is me, you know, wish projecting a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I think if it's anyone that beats Will Smith, it's going to be Benedict, and so. Let's go, Benny. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know.
1: I thought he had it in the bag for a really long time. I genuinely thought this was going to be his his time to win the Oscar. He's been nominated before, I believe. I think. Um, yeah, he was I, right I, for the
0: Imitation Game. Yeah, the
1: Imitation Game. That was it. I was like the one where he plays the scientist. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he. I. I actually thought this was really going to be his thing. Like I thought this was going to be his time, but the traction went all for Will Smith. like, And that mm. surprised me a little bit. And surprised me even more after I watched the movie. Because I was like, really? This yeah. is what yep. we're going to get behind? I would have yeah. rathered Will Smith Men in Black get the <laughs> Because that would have been a much better thing to get behind. But whatever. I, I would love if Benedict won. I think that would be awesome. He's really good in it, too.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to original score. Stephanie, we're going to start with you
2: original score. Okay, this is um, tough. I had a few that I really liked, um, but I eventually landed on Parallel Mothers being my favorite, my want to win. Um, I love the strings in this score, um, and felt like it really brought a kind of horror element to the whole film, so I really dug what it was doing for the overall feel and vibe of the movie. But from what I'm seeing, I think Dune's going to take it. um, I think it's a favorite to win.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think as we're going to find out Dune looks pretty poised to pick up a ton of the technical categories. Parallel Mothers at score. I really liked it. I don't think it fit for the movie despite the fact that I enjoyed it. And maybe that's the movie like was clearly set out to be this telenovela type of thing and at times it's very melodramatic. And it, and it sort of worked, but then the score on top of it was just at times a bit too much. But mm-hmm. listening to it individually, I think it's a great score. That said, uh, I got to go for my guy Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. He should have gotten two nominations this year for Power of the Dog and Spencer. But uh, I'm going to go both my want and my prediction as the Power of the Dog.
1: Bold. I did my want and my prediction as Dune. So... There's that. Um, I agree with you, though, Dakota, about Parallel Mothers. I think the score is nice on its own, but it just like, it took me out of the movie many times because it just felt very overwhelming. Um, It is. I mean, it's beautiful music though. So like, like Steph said, the strings are amazing and it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I just didn't think it really fit too well with the movie dune i like i mean i'm a big fan of dune um and i think that Hans zimmer does a thing where he actually uses the music to enhance what's going on in the film like it's every moment that he goes with his big tones and bonging noises um (laughs) they're not just random bonging noises like they actually work to build up the momentum and like i he does what spoiler alert Hans Zimmer knows what he's doing when he's composing a film score like he, he knows how to really hit the notes and the beats of this like of what's happening on the screen of what's going on in the script um and yeah and I I think I think it's gonna win I I think power of the dog is like my close number two on this one um but yeah I I go for both want and prediction is dune
0: All right. Well, we're going to move on now to original song. I'm going to start this off. Uh, The only movie I haven't seen yet or even listened to the song is uh, Four Good Days, the (laughs) Diane Warren song, and I'm avoiding it. Stephanie has seen it, so she can talk about it. But uh, considering the fact that Diane Warren's been nominated something like six years in a row and 15 of the last, like, 20 years, someone in the Academy loves her, but no one else really does – my want is surprisingly down to joy, the Van Morrison song from Belfast. I think it does a great job of setting the tone of this film. You've got this new Van Morrison song, which is is bright and energetic, and we get to see what modern Belfast looks like. And then the film transitions into 1960s Belfast, and then from there, we get only classic Van Morrison songs. And so I think that just, just juxtaposition... That's a hard word to say. Apparently, uh, works so well for that, and I, and I really like that. It's not going to win, you know, and and I'm uh, very sad that Van Morrison's such a anti-vaxer asshole these days. Uh, but I think I think it's really going to go to. Billie Eilish for No Time to Die. I think Encanto is gonna have a, a good run because I think the the Academy really is gonna like that, and it's probably gonna win. If it wins for that, it's gonna basically be for we don't talk about Bruno, but the fact that it didn't get nominated, it's gonna go for something else, which is hilarious. Uh But yeah, I, I think it's uh Billy Eilish's award to lose. She's basically been the front runner for two plus years ever since this song came out, and it seems like she's been anointed for it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick her to win it. Uh, Rachel, what about you?
1: I agree with you. I think um, Billie Eilish is going to win it. I think Bond has a very strong history of getting nominated for original song and winning. Like they, I don't like, it's not a fair stat to say, but it feels like that's the one franchise that probably has the most wins in this particular category. I guess because the Bond theme is so distinctive and very classic. So anytime that they use it to create an original song, it always sounds pretty cool. Uh, my pick, if I were voting though, I just, I would go for Be Alive and it's just because it's a Beyonce song. I have really, no, I'm not that keen on any of these songs in this category, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to do it for 12 year old Rachel who really liked Destiny's Child. So we're going to go with (laughs) Beyonce and Be Alive.
0: Yeah, you are a survivor, Rachel, and pay those bills, bills, bills,
1: and... Oh, that's so sad, Dakota. It's just like, <laughs> I, it, the started. funny thing is, I actually was
0: a big Destiny's Child fan when I was a, a youngin' too.
1: They were amazing. Youngin. They were yeah. very good. Yeah, Destiny Child's the best. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, "Writings on the Wall" is a very, very great R and B album. That, that just is it, that is true. Yeah, I had that that CD
0: back when CDs were a thing.
2: <laughs> What's a CD, Grandpa?
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You're a year younger than me, so don't say that. <laughs> you had CDs too.
2: I did, I did.
0: What is your pick there, Steph?
2: Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, I hated every single song in Encanto except Thank for you. this one. I that guess, was not good None of these
1: it's songs are, are that good.
2: I None of these songs are like that great. I talking about, we don't talk about Bruno. I hated that song. Thank this you. one was <laughs> just, my I favorite one. How do I, thank you, Rachel. I'm so glad someone agrees with
0: me. I'm shaking my head here.
2: Um, but even though it was my favorite of that film, I am a huge, huge Billie Eilish fan, and this only took me two, so two listens to fall in love with, and I think I've listened to it probably 2,000 times plus since then. Um, no Time to Die is definitely my want, and is the one I believe is going to take it, so happy there if it's if it comes true
0: all right uh well let's move over to the screenplay categories get some writing there uh so rachel where are you leaning with your best original screenplay
1: best original screenplay i have i picked licorice pizza to win um (laughs) and I hate <laughs> white people shit just i hate it i like i really don't like this movie i might like this movie less than don't look up and i really didn't like don't look up Oh wow. <laughs> i know i but um i i really think it's gonna win screenplay i think that the cat they really like pta he's and i because i i can't see him winning director i can't see it winning best picture and so i don't know i i feel like the Academy wants to award it for some things so maybe it goes to screenplay. I don't know. My personal pick would be the worst person in the world. I think it's really cool. First of all, that it got nominated because um, it's not too often. We see non-English movies getting nominated for screenplay awards. So I think that's really neat. And I just really like it. It's it's a beautiful script. It's one I've actually read it since I've seen it. And I just, it's a, and it's amazing. Like it's, I really recommend it to people. Um, if you're into reading scripts, that's a good one to read. So yeah, I I would love for that one to win, but I think like licorice pizza is going to win.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sort of curious. Reading the worst person in the world the the movie plays out kind of like a novel. It's got a prologue, mm-hmm. it's got an epilogue, it's got chapters. Does it read that way too?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's actually like a really interesting for people who are like uh, I don't know people like me who I have no interest in writing a script, but like, it's, it's just a really interesting, um, formatting of it. And they have it in, um, obviously in Norwegian, but there's an English translation as well. So it is really cool. Like the way that it's formatted and presented, um, it's very aligned with the movie. Mm.
0: That makes sense. Steph, what about you? What are your picks?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of aligned with Rachel here on some parts. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Out of all the PTA films, this is probably one of my favorites of his because I really <laughs> don't like PTA. Um, but I actually enjoyed La Pizza*. Um, but I do think it will win. I agree with Rachel. I think, you know, the Academy does love um, Anderson. And I agree. I don't think he's going to win directing or best picture. So this is kind of like a consolation prize for him there. And, yeah, I loved Worst Person in the World. This is my pick for want. I loved the movie. I loved the script. Um, It really blew me away, and I'll talk about it a little bit later as well. It's just, it was one of my favorites of this year that we watched. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely want Worst Person in the World to win, but I'm seeing Licorice Pizza taking the prize.
0: All right. Well, here I'm going to be a little bit of a contrarian Mm -hmm. in the sense of I look at the writing Oscars as one of them is likely to go to the eventual Best Picture winner And the other one is going to be the consolation prize, basically the runner-up. I will talk about it in adapted screenplay when we get there, but for original screenplay, I think it's going to Belfast because that will be the runner-up, the consolation prize for not getting best picture. And I know a lot of people want to be down on this movie and complain about it, but they're not thinking like Oscar voters. Oscar voters like feel-good movies and the coming-of-age dramas and stuff like that. I think Belfast, which is about Kenneth Branagh's childhood uh, during the Troubles in Northern Ireland, is ripe for this type of award. And I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up winning it. Add in the fact that Licorice Pizza, despite people being very uh, much a fan of it and some people very much against it, has been getting a little bit too much controversy behind it. And I think there's going to be a sizable enough portion of the voters that are like, you know what, I'm just not even going to go near it. I'm going to go for something like Belfast or Don't Look Up instead. That said, three for three. Worst person in the world, easily the best script. Probably, you know, you're looking at all 10 nominees between the two categories. Probably the best script out of all of them. We were talking about it when, when you said you read it. This plays out like a novel, but the fact that they're able to make a novel seem so filmic and not get bogged down with all these chapter details is just a, an absolute treat to, to watch. And I love the fact that they're not concerned with giving you every single detail, that they can skip a few years or a few months and not worry about trying to play catch-up and let the audience be like, oh, I wonder where we're at with these characters, or has time actually passed? The the writers trust the audience is smart enough, and, and I love that for that.
1: It's a really good point. I think one of the great things about the movie, um, this isn't necessarily about the screenplay, but maybe more about the direction, is that it like, it, it's, it's a world that felt very lived in before you get into yeah. it. And so you jump right into it, and then that way when they do fast-forward a couple years, it doesn't throw you off. You don't feel like you're missing anything because you are already thrown into this place that was very well established and well well put together um and like that doesn't happen that often because i think when i say that it sounds like that's how it should be like that's how all movies should be um (laughs) like but it very rarely happens because it's tough it's not an easy thing to do and it's um yeah it's just it's very rare to have that feeling too like not just that they intended to do it but uh, us as an audience we actually feel that way
0: yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably something, like, we can give a shout-out to, to Brody Cottenham, our friend of the show. It's like, why can't all movies just be written well? Yeah, exactly. Right? It seems so simple. Just write it better.
2: Oh, my gosh, yeah. My favorite part of this movie is just all the characters. You loved all of them. Like, even for all their flaws. Everyone felt so human, and it felt so real. It didn't, that's the thing. It didn't feel yeah. scripted to me. It was they f- like... They
1: was felt so real. Like, that's, that's yeah. the thing, I think. Like, they felt really raw and very flawed individuals. Mm. And I think, like... I was telling, I've been telling everybody to watch it. And like the joke that every single person that I've said, go watch this movie is, oh, is it about me? Uh huh. (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm like, really, it's about every single one of us. Like we've all been there and we've all gone through something that was like, and we've all been the crappy person. We've all been the hurt person. Like it's, yeah, it's a great movie. It's an excellent, excellent movie. Mm
0: hmm. All right, now let's move over to the adapted screenplay portion. Steph, we'll start with you.
2: Okay, so surprise, surprise. My pick for want is The Power of the Dog. Um, again, this movie, just it didn't resonate with me on Pawn First Watch, but the more I think about it, the more I love it, and the more I appreciate it. And I would love to just go back and rewatch it and take it all in again. Um, so Power of the Dog is definitely my want. Um, I, I was torn between this is the one it was going to win as well, but I think I'm going to give it to Coda and I'll kind of talk about a little bit later why I'm giving it to Coda. Um, Just a little bit of like a consolation thing, but Mm. I believe that um, it could take it. So I'm going to, I'm going to sway that way and say that code is going to win for this category.
0: Very interesting. Uh, I I also, I I think power, the dog is going to win this because I think you know, spoiler alert, uh, it's probably going to win best picture. So I think this is going to go hand in hand with it as it usually does. That said, the more interesting thing is how both of my screenplay picks are the two movies, not in English. I am going with drive my car. If you're stressing the adaptation part of it, I think the fact that they took, it was based on a short, uh, Haruki Murakami story, but then, uh, uh, hamaguchi took several plot points from different other uh, murakami short stories to create one cohesive story it is absolutely impressive and i loved what he did with it and it's so fascinating how both my drive my car and worst person in the world pick if you were to try to describe the plots of these movies there's not a lot that actually happens yet both of those movies are movies that absolutely like cut to the core of what it means to be a human what it What is your place in society, your relationship to other people, your loves, your friendships, your heartbreaks, all these different things, and both of these movies do it so well, and so it's my one-two punch of of two of my favorite movies of the year, but I would love Drive My Car to win this.
1: I'm going with you, too, Dakota, actually. I'm saying my pick would be Drive My Car. I think it's a beautiful script, and – Like you said, like, they're not about very much, you know, worst person in the world drive my car, at least not nothing like insanely unique. It's just kind of about the human condition and like about the lives that we all lead, like very mundane lives. And I'm always very um, interested in that because we always get a very hyper realistic, like with comic books and, you know action movies and, and rom-coms and stuff like that. We get a very heightened sense of reality for so many movies. So it's really refreshing when you see movies that are, I mean, you could call them boring if you want, but they're not like they're, but they're just not very fancy. Like they're not very um, shiny. They're just a bit dull because we're all kind of dull in our day-to-day lives. Like that's just how it works. So drive my car is my pick, my personal one that I would choose. And Dakota, did you say Power of the Dog was your prediction? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought I heard. Um, I'm going with Coda as my prediction. Interesting. Um, so I'm with Steph there. I think it's I just I have I don't I can't actually explain why. I think the script is really cool and I think it's it's obviously it's different for for various reasons, but um it just seems to me that Coda is kind of the sleeper movie at the Academy this year. Like it did win SAG um, the best ensemble, and like Troy Kotzer, as we already said, has been cleaning up his awards. But I just feel like there's a lot of love for that movie, and so I think people want to see it do well. Um, so for me, like Code is my my little sleeper hit thing there. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna take that category. Interesting. Okay.
0: Now let's move on to cinematography, and and I love this category this year. Mm-hmm. There is some phenomenal films that were just shot so beautifully. And and I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of, of this category. West Side Story would probably be, you know, if I was thinking real Oscar voter, that would be the only one I wouldn't really include. Obviously, my own personal picks are slightly different, but I do have quite I have several overlap in my own picks. That said, I think this is going to be, you know, the, the we're going to get to several technical categories in a row. This is Dune, Dune's to lose, basically. <laughs> but that said, my personal pick, Tragedy of Macbeth. I loved what. Joel Cohen did using the black and white cinematography, using these very theatrical sets while still making them feel very real and lifelike. Stunning job. You know, this is not going to be the first time that I'm going to say these words. I love Tragedy of Macbeth. It it was so good, but I would love it to win. Uh, Rachel, what about you?
1: I'm with you again. Tragedy of Macbeth. I love that movie. Um, Not just because of Denzel. Uh, I think it's it's an amazingly well put together movie, and Everything about the way it was filmed is to me just like it's a genius like you couldn't have some kind of rookie filmmaker doing something like that like it took all the experience that Joel Cohen has to do something to pull something like that off like to make it so sparse to make it black and white to film it in digital like all that kind of stuff putting it together. Uh, it's incredible. Like to make it look like a soundstage, purposely look like a soundstage because you want it to be kind of like a theater. But at the same time, it's still very, very cinematic. It's a lot of stuff that he's balancing. And yeah, to me, I agree with you too in terms of the category. I think it's the, I think it's the strongest category of all of them. Um, Just doing a quick look at my list, I think it's the strongest category across the entire awards. Where like every, I'm not going to argue with that on that, yeah. Yeah, because I think every single one of the picks or every nomination, I get it. Like, I get why it's there. There's not one that I'm like, oh, that that made it an interesting. Like, I, you know, I mean, I get what you mean by West Side Story, but there's some really cool shots in it. Even if they are inspired by J.J. J. Abrams, there is some really <laughs> nice, like, stuff in West Side Story. But it's because it's, it's Steven Spielberg and he it's his direction at the end of the day. Um, I decided to go, though, for my pick was Power of the Dog. And I kind of thought I was, I surprised myself with this one. I thought I was going to go with Dune for most of the technical categories, but I kind of feel like, I don't think Power of the Dog is going to win Best Picture. Um, That's just my opinion. I don't think it's going to win. So I feel like though, it will take something like cinematography and Spoiler alert! I think it's going to take director as well. So I I don't know. I I feel like it's. it's I mean, it's an incredibly beautiful movie as well. Like I, it's hard to knock that as the winner. So, but I I think it'll be Power of the Dog.
0: It's a stunning film for sure, yeah. and I would I would be very happy if it wins. It's it's a very classically beautiful mm. film.
1: Even if it's in New Zealand and not in <laughs> – sorry, like sorry yeah. Sam Elliott, like. Who knew? Maybe he shouldn't foolish. be such
0: a B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>.
1: Okay. <laughs> Steph, I'm assuming you picked Power of the Dog. That's just my assumption you know, here. <laughs> it's very close. Very close.
2: Because, what, it's such a beautiful movie. Like just it is, everything yeah. should be a postcard. Um, but no, I actually agree with you guys. My want is tragedy Beth. Oh. I really enjoyed this movie and the way it was shot. And we'll talk a little bit later about pr- um production design. But yeah, I just I thought the way it was shot and everything that was within the frame was so amazing and a different take and a new angle to watch a movie that was once a play, but it's also like it's so, it was so well done and I really loved it and I loved the originality of it. So I wanted to give props to that over something that was a little bit more traditional, as much as I love The Power of the Dog. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be Dunes to Lose, which is probably my least favorite of these five. Um, I have some thoughts about Dune. Sorry, Sammy, if you're listening. But um, yeah, I agree. Like, I think there were some good shots in West Side Story, and I think each um, film in this category is, definitely has merit for being here. But my wants Tragedy of Macbeth, but I think Dune's going to take it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I really, you know, since we're talking about cinematography, I really feel that Power of the Dog is like a spiritual successor to a John Ford movie.
1: Yeah, that's actually a good call. It's like a modern, like a. Yeah. But it's because it's, it's so artistic. Like it, like what Steph said about it could be a postcard. Like you could yes. take yeah. stills from it, and you could make a painting out of it. Like it would be gorgeous. It's it is a really, really, really beautifully made movie. Hmm. All
0: right, let's move over to best sound. Uh, I'm going to leave this off. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, Dune. i'm I'm gonna gonna be basic here um i I, overall i'm not crazy about this category this year i i understand why a couple of them are there but uh, i'm gonna go with my dune as both my uh want and my pick rachel what about you
1: same uh want and pick is dune i'm also very kind of meh about this category i don't think it's that's strong. I mean, you and Jeff talked about, like, Belfast being nominated. Like, why was it nominated? I don't know why. Didn't... Even West Side Story, like, I don't... I don't know. I don't see it, but whatever. Yeah. Dune. Dune for both. Want and prediction. Okay.
2: I'm going to shock you both here. My want <laughs> is actually West Side Story. Really? And this is because of, I believe it was your last podcast or mm-hmm. the one before when you were talking about West Side Story, you mm-hmm. were talking about how most of the songs were sung live mm-hmm. and that really resonated with me. I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, oh, that was really enough. good and super props because yeah. um, I thought the singing was amazing in it, if nothing else. Um, so I, my want is West Side Story and it's probably the only one that I actually want to give it to West Side Story for. But yeah, you guys are right. I think Dune's going to take this. Everyone's so high on Dune, so take it and love it.
0: They're high on spice. <laughs> high
2: on spice, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you find that so funny, Rachel.
1: I mean, sometimes, sometimes your <laughs> lame jokes, they do land. Sometimes they land.
0: I will take it. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's have you start us off with costume design.
1: Costume design. Why can't I find it? Oh, here. Oh, okay. Um, I think... I think I picked Nightmare Alley to take it. I think that they did a really good job with the period, um, period drama uh, that Dakota is so fond of, and uh, yeah, I think I like it. The way that they dressed it, every character. I think it's like it's beautiful the way that they did it, but it also has kind of a gritty quality to it as well for some of the scenes, you know, but when it needed to be really glam and really posh, like they, they just absolutely nailed it. Um, My personal pick is Dune and that just comes from, you know, the idea that they were able to take the descriptions um, from Frank Herbert's book, which is a very dense and it's very like, it's hard to imagine. I, you know, the first time I ever read it, I didn't really imagine what these things actually look like. And then when you watch the movie, it's like, oh, like that's much better than what I ever would have come up with personally. And I just found that really impressive the way that um, they were able to take those descriptions and make it into something that didn't look crazy um, and fit really well. And like especially like the, um, you know, like the different suits that they had. I just thought they they did a really, really good job with Dune.
0: Fair enough. Stephanie?
2: I'm surprised I didn't pick Nightmare Alley because this is my era. I love, like, the 30s <laughs> and the 20s, everything about it. So I'm surprised I didn't go that route. But actually, my my want and my prediction are the same. I think it's going to go to Cruella. Um, I think it's just a classical pick for this category. It's, like, the showiest, the, the one that has it all the dresses, the amazing fabrics and designs, so I can see that definitely winning. And that's why it was my favorite too. It was just so overt and so over the top. Um for a movie that I actually found was was pretty fun and entertaining to watch. It's it's nothing special, but it's something I enjoyed watching and the the costume design was definitely a big part of that. So, it's my want and my prediction.
1: Crow is definitely yeah. like my number 2 for that. I feel like that I was debating between Corella and Nightmare Alley because I agree with you actually too about it not being like the greatest movie in the world, but it was fun. Like I kind of maybe yeah. I, was, I was expecting a bit of a train wreck, but it was actually too. Like a decent movie. It wasn't it wasn't bad yeah. at all. All right, eh, it was fine. <laughs>
0: I had my problems with it. Uh, I I am also on board for for the Nightmare Alley. Love that movie, and I don't care how much you make fun of me, Rachel. I do love my period pieces. <laughs>
1: Did you pick Emma for this one last year? I feel like it would have been Emma last year.
0: Uh, you know definitely. I did. Yeah, I
1: definitely <laughs> did.
0: <laughs> I don't understand why you need to make fun of me. Emma was a fantastic movie.
1: <laughs> was it? it was good. Mo- I didn't really like it that much. It was okay. Wow. Oh, I liked it.
0: Yeah. Uh, you it was- know, what? I'm going to come for your taste next in movies.
1: <laughs> it was all right. Like It was fine. <laughs>
0: Uh, my think that will win will be dune though it, it's mm. it's got a lot of uh, momentum for it and i just am repeating myself at this point as far as dune sweeping technical
1: categories do you really i kind of feel like like that's what it's set up to do but i kind of i don't know why i feel like it's going to be up for like a major disappointment that it's not yeah that's not what's going to happen like mm. Because it seems like such a sure thing that it's it can't possibly happen because it is such a sure thing. Uh, like, I think it'll win a few. Like, I don't think that it'll go away with, like, um, like with the donut. But I think it'll... I don't think it's going to do as well as some people think it's going to do.
0: So now we're going to move over to best hair and makeup. Steph, you start us off.
2: Um, I mean, to piggyback off of costume design, I really loved the hair and Cruella, the wigs, what was real, what wasn't. Was, I'm not sure. But... um. I thought it really added. I loved, you know, all of, um, oh my gosh, I've lost her name now. Who's the lead actress in that? Emma Emma Stone. Stone, Stone, thank you. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I loved
2: all her looks, all her makeup, all her hair. I thought it was great and fantastic. So, I mean, that's my want for this one. Um, But I think the eyes of Tammy Faye are going to take it. Um, It's flashy. It's, and I think it's good too, like what they were able to do and how she looked like her and, it, it it's the one that's probably the one of the showiest ones in this category. So I can see it taking for that. Cause I think that's usually what hair and makeup goes to as well. It's not usually the subtlety of hair and makeup that wins. So I can see it winning.
0: Yeah. My, uh, my pick for this is actually Coming to America. I, I really like all the the different stuff. Eddie Murphy is no stranger to being in movies where he plays a lot of characters, and he once again does that, including, I, I couldn't figure out until I was trying to look in the credits list, a white Jewish man, which was a little surprise. Yeah, that was him oh, in the barbershop. I didn't yeah. know that. That's
1: funny. Yeah, that
0: was Eddie Murphy, yeah. Uh, and then of course you have his co-stars who also play multiple characters. The prosthetic work is fantastic. We've, we've known this for years that Eddie Murphy does not mind sitting in a makeup chair for five plus hours to look the part of someone completely different. So I, th- this, this screams sort of like the sui- um, suicide squad winning for hair and makeup where it's a not great movie, but the prosthetic work is what they're achieving. And sometimes makeup and hairstyling, this Oscar, really does go to the most deserving recipient despite the fact that the movie is not always deserving well,
1: that's a nice assessment of that category actually I feel like like you're right like costume design hair and makeup it does go to the people who who genuinely I, that's kind of rude to say that genuinely deserve it. Cause that implies that nobody else deserved their award, yeah. which isn't true. Um, I, w- i I would sorry. counter for
0: costume design. It often will go to more showy period pieces. As, as you can tell, you look at the, the nominees, none of them are modern movies and sometimes modern movies have fantastic costume design. It just is not something that is recognized by the Academy. Whereas makeup and hairstyling really does go for, uh, people that are sort of pushing the boundaries of the field that said, I think eyes of Tammy Faye is going to be the winner for this too.
1: Um, I also went with eyes of Tammy's Faye as being the winner for it. And I actually realized I made a mistake when I was saying how this movie wasn't very good. It wasn't nominated for anything. Other than Jessica Chastain, it's nominated from hair and makeup, which makes sense. I didn't so want I, to correct you. Yeah, that's my bad. But yeah, I do. It, it's literally right in front of me. I'm staring at this list in front of me. So, um, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, I I think it's going to win. It's like Steph said. It is very showy and it is very obvious. Um, but you know, the prosthetic work is interesting and uh, like all the that that's period as well, right? Like it's '60s, '70s, and whatnot so um i am fully aligned with stuff on this one though my personal pick is cruella that would be my want because i maybe i felt bad not picking it for costume design but i just feel like it's it's like a very it's a very visual movie and i like it's just there's a lot to to work with in terms of the costume and the makeup and the hair and they did a really good job so cruella but coming to america was the other one that i was debating between i wasn't sure if that was going to be I think it has a really good chance of winning. Um but yeah, so I went Want Carella. I think Eyes of Tammy Faye is going to win. Also I want to say mm. it's hilarious that House of Gucci is in this category and not costume design cuz they have the <laughs> word. It's like the word Gucci is literally in the title and that's very yeah. rude.
0: Just for doing a fat suit on Jared Leto. Yeah, that's in really all it is, cap.
1: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, we're going to move over to animated feature. And for this, uh, you know, I hate going for the Pixar movie because I, I think other studios are doing fantastic work and need to be more recognized. That said, my want is Luca. I would love for Luca to win. I like when Pixar does smaller, more intimate stories, and this is one of them. I would be so happy with it. But it really looks like Encanto is... Becoming this year's Frozen. It, it is becoming a, a giant behemoth, and I think it's going to walk away with this. Rachel, what about you?
1: Same. I think Encanto is going to win it, um, it seems. I find that animated feature, like what I was saying about Dune being the obvious, it seems like it's so obvious that it's going to win everything. I feel like animated feature, the obvious choice usually is the one that wins. Um, and I think it's mm-hmm. Encanto. Because like, also, I think if you think of the... Um, the Academy members and who's voting, like every kid it seemed was obsessed with this. And then because the kids were watching it so much, every parent became obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I get it. Like it it had a lot of eyes on it, even before um, awards and all that kind of stuff. So that I think Encanto is going to win. My personal pick is Flea. I really love that documentary. I think it's amazing. I loved how they used animation and why they use the animation um, just to preserve the anonymity of, uh, of, Refugee whose name is also not real, um, but yeah, I I loved Flea. I liked the the way that they 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 uh, narrated the film and how well it went with the animation. It's not going to win, but I love that it got nominated. Though I think that that was awesome.
0: Awesome, Steph. What about you?
2: Yeah, I love that Flea got nominated as well. I I really did enjoy it. But my um want to win is the Mit uh the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah. This is some this is a movie that like super resonated with me as a Child of um, road trips, Uh, (laughs) everything that happened in this movie. I was like, oh my gosh, this is me and my family. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, So it like really hit home and I just super enjoyed the characters, the story, everything that was a part of it. Um, But yeah, I think you guys are right. As much as I really did not like Encanto, it's going to be the winner for me, I believe. I can't see it not walking away with it. Um, it has the popularity and the big animation house behind it. So how can it lose?
0: <laughs> you seem so just over
2: so, that. I'm so sad.
1: <laughs> this this is your licorice pizza. This is me. Yeah, this like, is my I, licorice d- pizza. Yeah. This is your licorice pizza. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't want to talk about Encanto anymore. Anyway.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: all right. Let's move over to best documentary. And... This was a, another very strong category for me. I was very happy with it overall. Only one movie I wasn't crazy about, but the one I want to win is Writing with Fire. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't expecting much about this one, and I was really blown away with the way the storytelling was all laid out. I appreciated that it was really about empowering and uplifting this community of women in India and giving them the skills that they needed to succeed and Take control of their lives, something that their whole existence they've been told that they have no say or control over. It, and the fact that they're sort of fighting for it and winning it back it was so impactful and powerful. Uh, that said, I think this this is a tough one. I think it's either going to be Flea or Summer of Soul, that wind. And I'm going to go with Summer of Soul. And that's ironically the only one of this category I wasn't crazy about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I agree. Not that Summer of Soul was bad. I think it's either between Flea or Summer of Soul. (laughs) I like Summer of Soul. I thought it was good. I get what your kind of um, hang-ups on it are. I understand that. But I thought thought it was good. And I I really like Nina Simone. So anytime I see her in something, I'm very... I'm all in for that. Um, So I think it's between Summer of Soul and Flea. I'm going with Flea as my prediction, but also the one that I want to win. However, saying that, writing with fire... um, I, when we were covering Hot Dogs this time ish last year, uh, the one of the directors for Writing with Fire emailed me randomly and was just like, Can you please watch it? Like, if you want, like, I'll send you a screener, that kind of a thing. And I just think it's like really cool that he was on the ground hustling during something like Hot Dogs to random bloggers like I wasn't I hadn't really been doing anything um, very much up until that point so the fact that somebody was reaching out to me for me it was like ooh, like a director emailed me that's kind of cool and then you know here we are a year later and these guys because they have a really good film it's such a it's not just that it's empowering and it's it's such a great message it's just it sheds light on an issue in India that a lot of people might not be aware of, but also sheds, sheds light on the newspaper, like the the female-run newspaper. Um, and again, like something that most of us outside of India wouldn't have ever been aware of it. So it's amazing that something like this exists just as an educational piece as well. Um, so yeah, I, I really like, just, I guess it sounds really lame, but it's like, I like the journey that that movie went on. Like the fact that, they were working so hard to just get as many eyeballs on it as possible from right from the start um, when they were doing all the film festivals. And now, look, it's like it's nominated for an Oscar. And that, that's really cool. Um, but as much as I like it, I'm going with Flea because I really like Flea. <laughs> <laughs> all, that said. So, all that said, I really love Flea. Mm-hmm. Steph, what about you?
2: Yeah, I think so. Usually, international feature film is my favorite category of the Oscars. But I think this year was actually documentary. I think there were some amazing docs um, that were nominated here and they were all for the most part, super original and really interesting. Um, Agree with riding with fire. It was, there was something really special about that film. Um, And I think also to just to touch on Ascension, really different take on a doc um, and just the way it, it left me feeling was something that I had never felt from, um, a movie before. So super appreciated that and what it brought to this, uh, genre. Um, but yeah, I'm aligned with Rachel here. I loved flea. I love the idea of, um, animation and the reason it was used and the way it was used. Um, super special. The story was also, you know, interesting to, to learn and to, to go along on the ride for, um, and yeah, I, I also enjoyed summer of the soul, summer of soul. I love that music. There was a lot of people in there that I enjoyed seeing and and hearing about. Um, I can understand, of course, Dakota, the different reasons why you you didn't appreciate it as much, but I did enjoy it. And I do think it's what's going to end up taking the win. So um, that Summer of Soul will be my prediction, but I would love to see fully win for sure.
0: Awesome. Okay, Let's, uh, let's go over to Best International Film. Rachel, lead us off.
1: I really struggled with this one. So I think Drive My Car is going to win. I think it has all the momentum, all the love. Like, um, yeah. And I, I really love it and I would love it for it to win. Like I, that would be a pick, but like tied with that is a movie we've already talked about, which is The Worst Person in the World. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would be super happy with either of them winning. I do think it'll be Drive My Car. And I would, if I were an actual voter, I would really, really struggle between. The two of them, like which one I would pick because, yeah, I love both of them quite a bit. So um, I picking Drive My Car is my prediction. And so as a default, I'm saying I would like Worst Person in the World to win with the caveat that I would also like Drive My Car to win because it's great. (laughs)
0: Steph?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have to second that. I love both of these films. Um, I do think Drive My Car will end up winning. Um, So I agree with Rachel there. It is a fantastic film. And that's coming from someone who hates long movies. So um, <laughs> I think that means a lot for me to say. <laughs> but yeah, my want is definitely Worst Person in the World. As much as I love Drive My Car, there was just something special about Worst Person in the World for yeah. me. Um, Like I mentioned, it's one of my favorites of this year that I've watched. So I would love to see... Um, that one win but I do think it's going to go to drive my car and rightfully so too I have no no qualms about that
0: I'm I'm gonna go three for three here with with what the two of you are saying I would love either drive my car or worst person in the world to win but you know if I if I have to narrow down one I 100% believe drive my car is going to win the fact that it's got nominations and picture and director and screenplay as well just chicks checks all those boxes uh and if i had to pick one as my favorite i would say drive my car is my favorite and worst person in the world is is a very close second it's a it's a very great year for international cinema i feel like we're going to be saying that a lot between this episode and our upcoming article rachel but yeah what a phenomenal one-two punch leading this category and then behind that you have a movie like flea as well which is also so fantastic as you have so eloquently you know, talked about so many times on this show and in your reviews and on Twitter and stuff like that. It's a it's a great year for for movies like this. I'm I'm a big fan of this category this year, and it would have been great if a hero got in instead of you know either the Hand of God or Lunana a yak in the classroom. But I'm overall I'm I'm satisfied with this category.
1: I like the shift that we're seeing as well, where people are getting more and more interested into international feature. Like Steph, you said that this is usually your favorite category, but you were mm-hmm. very much so an outlier. Like a lot of people for like, for a really long time, this was a kind of a, what they I would, they would consider like a below the line kind of thing. Cause they're just like, whatever, right. who cares? It's not in English. It's not yeah. American, like whatever. Um, but it does seem that maybe it's the parasite effect. I don't know, but it seems people are, more interested now in what the movies and are um, getting nominated for that and even like the short list of the movies that are being put up for it so I think that's really really cool and I hope it continues on
0: I feel like for the first time since like the late 60s through the 70s international filmmakers are are kind of going back to the rock star status that they yeah. used to be. You look yeah. you look back in the day and and how revered all of those masters were. We're now getting to the point where people are excited about the prospect of, you know, these big international filmmakers, whether it's, you know, Apollo Sorrentino, Asghar Farhadi, um, mm-hmm. or or some of these people, Joachim Trier, Ryuski Hamaguchi, people like that, Bong Joon-ho they've become the new favorite filmmakers for, I think this new generation of film fans. And I'm, and I'm all excited about that.
1: It's amazing. Like, I I love that. Cause yeah, I just think for so long people had an issue with watching movies that weren't in English um, or weren't a language that they understood and they didn't like, you know, subtitles or dubs and the blah, 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 blah. And all that stuff. So it's very cool. I, it's very, very cool.
2: Yeah. I think what's interesting is that like for, Best international feature film. I always was like, these movies are amazing. Like, international films are way better than Hollywood films. But I think <laughs> for this category, it's 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 the best picture of mm. the world. Yeah. Right? So you have the best picture of Hollywood, but you're getting the the cream of the crop for international film, and that's why everyone is always so fantastic and so amazing. And like you said, even the the short list and the long yeah. list, like all of them are so good and so deserve to be there that it's it's crazy that more people don't watch them because they're so fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Steph, uh, let's talk about some visual effects.
2: Okay. This is usually my least favorite category, to be <laughs> honest. Um, but uh, my want and my prediction are both Dune. I think the visual effects in this film, for everything that I didn't like about it, were fantastic and amazing. Everything looked so on point, um, those sandworms were absolutely my favorite thing that I've seen <laughs> in a while in visual effects. So, yeah, my want goes to Dune. I think it's going to take it again on technicality. Like, it's just going to take a lot of those categories. So I can see it winning for sure.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I, I think Dune is going to win it. But uh, for my pick is, is Spider-Man No Way Home. I was tempted to go Free Guy for a while. I like this sort of unique look it had there with some of blending the this video game world with the reality. But uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, I, I like the sort of merging of the, the realities that we got. So that would be my pick there. Uh, Rachel, what about you?
1: Um, I'm with Steph that my choice uh, prediction and my want is Dune. I... Like, everything she said, I'm just times two on that, and um, so I'm going to use my time to complain about Marvel and how crappy their CGI is, because for a studio that has that many resources and the best people working in these industries wanting to work for Marvel... I don't understand how their CGIs and like can be so terrible. And so Shang Chi, I was really annoyed when I saw that was um, nominated. I was really grateful Eternals wasn't because that's just unacceptable. And I, because I look at some of the things and I go like, how how is this allowed to go? And then I watched Spider Man um, just yesterday actually. I just watched it um, finally. I was able to watch it, and it's fine. Like, the Doctor Strange stuff was pretty cool, but I saw that, I was like, they blew the entire budget on the Doctor Strange kind of Inception-looking, world-folding thing. The other CGI, though, I was like, how, I just don't get how it can be that bad when you're Marvel and Sony. Like, you have every resource with you, and you have time as well. Like, because of the pandemic, there was time. So, you know, it bothers me, and I hate that they're always in this category. Free guy is fine. I didn't mind free guy. That was, that was okay. But yeah, I was not, I like, it really bothers me that like Shang-Chi in particular, Spider-Man's not as bad, but Shang-Chi in particular, I was really annoyed that it made it into this category.
2: Yeah. I'm with Rachel. I feel like every Marvel movie just automatically gets thrown into this category because it's Marvel. And it's like, what are they actually doing? What's pushing the boundaries? What's actually amazing about this? So I'm with you there. It's it's
1: frustrating because like I think the cool thing with Dune as well, it's like and you can say the same thing with Christopher Nolan movies is there's a good blend of, of CGI with practical and yeah. in Marvel movies, they don't do practical. Like I'm sure a lot of people now have seen those pictures of like the green screens in Black Widow where they're just sitting in like a like I think they're just having a drink or something like that. And they're still using green screen for it. And you're like, you could just find an alleyway and just plop like a picnic table down and do it that way. But for them, for whatever reason, like maybe it's just, it's more cost effective. Maybe it's just easier for time because it takes forever to make those movies. They're very insistent on using green screen for everything, even when it doesn't need to be the case. And it's just, it's mind boggling to me. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this isn't a city council meeting, so Rachel, you don't have to worry about using your time appropriately. (laughs)
1: Like, I yield my time to talk about Marvel. That's what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) The people rest their case. (laughs) Let's go over to production design. My want is The Tragedy of Macbeth to so desperately get this award. I love the look of this movie. They did such a great job. It's almost hand-in-hand with the cinematography. And I'm gonna be so disappointed that it's gonna go 0 for two for them. But uh, I think it's gonna be Dune once again. Dune, Dune sweep in the the technical categories. I'd be so happy with with Nightmare Alley or The Tragedy of Macbeth winning. That th- those would be my my real picks,
1: though. Rachel, what about you? I'm with you on Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I think I've talked enough about that movie, so I will yield my time to something else. Um, no, I, I really love Tragedy <laughs> Macbeth. I think it's amazing, and like we've are, we've all three of us have said it. Like the way that they're able to create to balance cinematic with theatrical like play stage wise is impressive. And they did such an amazing job on it. Um, I realize I have chosen Dune as my pick or my prediction rather. I'm going to move that to Nightmare Alley. I actually think that um, as much as I didn't really like the movie that much, I feel like it deserves Nightmare I think like, I don't know. I feel like a push to Nightmare Alley. Something's telling me to go Nightmare Alley because I think, the production design on, on that movie is amazing, um, as it is with Dune, of course. But, yeah, something's telling me to, to change it to Nightmare Alley. So we're going to go with Nightmare Alley.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like the boldness.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm with you guys. I love Tragedy of Macbeth. I think the world they created was so fantastic and amazing. Um, so I would love to see them win. Obviously, I don't think that they're going to. Um, I think Dune's going to take it. I honestly don't understand why um i i don't want it to win but i would love rachel if you're right if not he (laughs) takes it because i feel like there is so much more production design involved in that movie yeah but um i do think Dune's gonna take this one
0: very interesting okay uh let's go to best film editing and rachel we'll start with you
1: um, I went with Dune for both of them. Um, not necessarily cause I think Dune had the best editing, but in, for the five that are nominated, it's the only one that I was like, yeah, like I'll, I guess it's, it has the best editing. I don't know. I, I didn't feel like this category was that strong to me. Maybe I'm missing something, but Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I actually considered that one cause I thought the editing for that was kind of swishy. Uh, but I think it's going to go to Dune and I picked Dune, not necessarily cause I think it's the best editing. I just think of the five that were chosen. Um, yeah, it's the one that it's the movie that I like the best. That's probably why I picked it.
0: Okay. What about you, Steph?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Great job. I was like struggling to pick who I wanted here. Cause I, I wasn't too, um, enamored with any of these picks really. And like you said, tick, tick, boom was the one that stood out the most to me as the one that had the most obvious editing. Um, but Kind of similar to you, I ended up picking Power of the Dog because it was my more favorite film of <sighs> five, and I like the pace and everything that came along with that movie. So I kind of gave that to film editing. But I do think that Dune will take it, and I don't even have a reason why, really, because this category has really left me um, commentless. Mm. I have nothing to say about any of these. Movies yeah, it, film <laughs>
0: editing. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I sort of am on the same page as you there, Steph. I think Dune will win it. I don't really have any strong feelings about why it's going to win it. But if I were to pick a want, it would probably be Tick, Tick, Boom. This category as a whole isn't my favorite this year, so I I don't really have much to say on it. All right, now we're going to go to Best Director. Stephanie, what is your choice?
2: Oh, man. I found this one kind of hard, too, um, because... There were some really good picks here apart from West Side Story and Steven Spielberg, um, which that movie didn't really do anything for me, didn't see the reason for a remake, didn't see any really interesting or innovative ways to have a remake. But the other four, I really appreciated all the directing prowess that came with it. So um, my want... Uh, would probably be Hamaguchi with Drive My Car. Um, Again, just this movie was so good and hearing and learning about all the different choices that they made and the reason why it was filmed this way and the reason why it was this long and all the different stuff that came along with it. I think they really put their stamp on this movie. And so yeah, this is the the one that I want to give my want to as much as I love Kenneth Branagh and I loved Belfast also as a film. Uh, I'm going to go with Drive My Car as my want, but I think possibly Jane Campion could take it for The Power of the Dog, and I would be totally happy with that um, as well.
0: Yeah, uh, that's uh, interesting. I'm I'm very surprised you went with Hamaguchi there mm-hmm. for your want. I would totally be, be fine with Hamaguchi winning it as well, but Overall, I think my want is Jane Campion, the power of the dog. I think she was able to craft this very tightly wound narrative that didn't seem like it was going in that direction. And then when this it all sort of came together at the end, it just kind of is like a a big explosion going off in your brain being like, I get it all now. It all makes sense. That's it. I think Jane Campion is going to make history and become the first uh, two time female winner for Best Director by winning this award. Rachel, what about you?
1: I'm pretty much exactly aligned with uh, Steph. I think. Mm. I would personally choose um, Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. I think he did an amazing job. Long movies. It's like it's so cheap almost to continue to talk about like the runtime of a film. But it is a long movie and it's not a movie that has like a lot of action. So it can feel long, Mm -hmm. but it's incredibly engaging and it feels like Watching it, I'm like, I don't know what I would cut out because I would keep all of this in. Like, I don't think that there is any fat on a three-hour movie, which is ridiculous. Um, And I think, you know, you need somebody to captain the ship properly to get a result like that. And I think Hamaguchi just, yeah, I, you know, putting a stamp on it, I think that's a really, really good way to say it. Um, I do think Jane Campion's going to win, though. I think just kind of looking at everything um, she's won to date, it's like her, Troy. Kotzer and Ariana DeBose, they've been consistent. Oh, and, and Will Smith forgot about that guy. They have been like (laughs) consistently winning everything. And so it feels mad not to pick Jane Campion. Um, but you know, I, I love Brana because I like the idea of, I love when, when directors do something personal and you can feel how personal it is to them. So something like Belfast, um, it has a lot of heart to it. And that comes specifically from Brana you know, showing his childhood. And this really difficult decision of, you know, his family of whether to stay or whether to leave and everything he left behind. And I think for a lot of people, too, they didn't realize he was Irish. They didn't realize Kenneth Branagh was Irish. And that has to do with his accent and everything like that. But I mean, the reason we think we, we don't assume he's Irish is because he sounds English. And the reason he sounds English is because his parents left Belfast because of this. So... I found it like just it's very poetic that movie. And I so I think he did a really, really great job with it. But um but yeah, I my my choice is Hamaguchi and Jane Campion I think is gonna take it.
0: Basically it sort of sounds like I'm the only feminist of this group and <laughs> wants a woman to win this award.
1: Well, watch your mouth. <laughs> I feel like this is, like, male guilt. Is that what this is? Is this, like... (laughs) Is this, you know, you thinking you have to choose the woman? It's also really pathetic that this is the first woman to, like, to win twice. Mm -hmm. I find that ridiculous. Like, that's... It's just, like, ridiculous to me. But, you know, she deserves it. Like, I mean, like, I wouldn't... It's not... Like, if Paul Thomas Anderson won, I would be very annoyed by that. But, like, Jane Campion, like, she deserves it. And she should absolutely win this, um, you know... Woman are not a woman. Mm. She should she should win this.
0: <laughs> I only tease. Now, before we get to our last category, best picture, I decided to run a mock best picture roll poll. The Oscars are decided by a ranked ballot system where people list their their choices from 1 through 10 and from there Look up how ranked ballots work if you want to learn more how they work. I decided to do the same. Uh, I'm not going to explain what a ranked ballot is. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up. Go do
1: your homework. Yeah, it felt like you were going but, in the direction of I'm going to explain what a ranked ballot is, and then you think about it and you go, Nah, just figure it out. yourself. In it.
0: yeah, I, I decided against it, uh, but I decided to send this ballot out to all of our film loving friends, podcasters, movie critics, uh, people that that work day in day out with with discussing films and you know i'll give a few shout outs here brody bill um jeff of course as well uh, harper and jonathan mary lee and kyle paul oh callum royce uh gisella taylor taylor and matthew like so many great people, and Alex as well, submitted this ballot, and a couple other people, I, I'm probably forgetting their names, and of course the three of us did as well, so I, I was very curious to sort of see where it all, uh, how it all sort of turned out, and it ended up, you know, with ranked ballots, you need 50% plus one, which 21 people submitted their ballots means you needed 11 votes for this to get a best picture obviously that's not a wide enough sample as the actual oscars but i was still sort of curious on a uh micro level how it would turn out and it took four rounds of voting but in the end it came down to drive my car in dune and dune ended up winning it with 13 votes wow. so that was quite interesting
1: dune won best, I, picture. I, I wasn't dune won best that. picture i was not expecting that interesting
0: yep Doing one best picture, very a little surprising for sure, but a lot of people had it as their second and third place uh, votes, so you know. it, it ended up picking up a lot of the the votes that yeah. way. Um, so it wasn't too surprising. It was also the leader after round one, the original go getter. Uh, but yeah, so that's how it all worked out. And then I also added choices of if people hadn't seen the movie and if they didn't want to rank it, because you don't have to rank every single candidate. Uh, when you're doing ranked ballot, as for haven't seen, not too surprising, 10 of our 21 voters did not see drive my car as of the time that they filled out the ballots, one of them being Rachel Ho. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, runners up behind that with six votes each, we had both Coda and, uh, King Richard, Five people didn't see Licorice Pizza. Two people didn't see Nightmare Alley and Power of the Dog. And then one person didn't see West Side Story, Don't Look Up, and Belfast, with everyone having seen Dune, surprisingly. And then moving over to the I'm not ranking this movie, meaning it's not worthy of a vote, no surprise at all, five people put Don't Look Up. So not surprised there. And then, shockingly, two people said Nightmare Alley. wow. And then you have quite a few people put uh, one. So though, th- that's how it all sort of broke down. Do you either of you have any thoughts of how this all sort of shook out, Rachel?
1: Um, happy that "Don't Look Up" ended up in not being ranked. I wish more people said I'm not going to rank it because what a dumb movie. And also, it's interesting. Like they, they haven't, they haven't really been campaigning too hard for it. So it kind of seems like they know it's just. A waste of time um
2: (laughs) i watch is what it should be called it's
1: thank you (laughs) thank you (laughs) um but yeah i yeah so at the time when i did it i hadn't seen drive my car i hadn't seen licorice pizza I think my voting would have changed uh, quite a bit. Actually, I would have put drive my car like that's what I put would have put put at number one, and then licorice pizza would have ended up being one that I didn't even want to rank because it belongs like don't look up in my opinion. <laughs> that's what it is. I'm a, a bit surprised people put nightmare alley as not um, of not wanting to rank it. Like I know mm-hmm. I don't think it's the strongest del Toro movie ever. Like I think he's done much better, but. You know, it's a bit surprising that people would say, like, oh, I don't even want to rank that one.
0: Yeah. Steph, do you have any thoughts about this ranked ballot?
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Rachel. Um, yeah, I think it's it's no surprise that the one that won was also the one that was seen by everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any kind of connection there. Kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just a second everything Rachel said, really. I'm, I'm surprised about Nightmare Alley, especially. It's not... Um, I feel like it's not a movie that's terribly offensive or that anyone would be so against. So I'm surprised that two people would say they weren't going to like
0: it. Yeah. It's sort of interesting because now I'm looking at this. You, you said it's not surprising that the movie that everyone saw won, and that's true. That means... One person decided not to rank it, so 20 out of 21 people ranked it, whereas you look at Drive My Car, which came in second place, 10 people hadn't seen it, and one person didn't rank it, which means it was literally impossible for Drive My Car to even win because it didn't have enough votes. Mm-hmm. So a little surprising there, uh, but I was, still, I was still very curious about that. And then I asked, uh, the question was, If you could pick uh, any one movie to win Best Picture, which is any movie from 2021, what would you pick, a.k.a. your favorite movie from last year? And so I'm only going to go over the movies that had multiple uh, votes. Drive My Car led the pack with three votes, and then Dune, Licorice Pizza, and Malignant all had two votes. Malignant? And then we had... I know. Yeah, we had two (laughs) horror movie fans there. (laughs) And then we had sixteen, a total of 16 different movies that got a single vote, and it ranged from Belfast, Flea, Nightmare Alley, Pig, Spencer, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Last and First Man, The Last Duel, The Power of the Dog, The Worst Person in the World, Titan, and Zola. So uh, a very, very interesting little group. Uh, not surprised at all that Drive My Car had three favorite movie of the year responses there
1: malignant's a little bit surprising though no i wasn't expecting that you could have asked me to guess any movie from last year i don't think malignant would have come up but i guess i haven't oh no i have seen malignant what am i talking about i have seen it so good i don't even remember that i watched it
0: um well when callum and mary lee listen to this episode they're going to be very disappointed with you
1: (laughs) what i was gonna say was it feels like a movie that If you loved it, you really, really, really loved it. Like I was, I didn't think it was trash. I know I saw some people saying it was really, really terrible, but I like it. Just was whatever to me. Like I was like, all right, like James Wan's doing another horror movie. That's great. But the for the people who it worked for, like it seemed to be one of those movies that they were like, this is one of the greatest horror movies, and I will watch this over and over and over again for years to come.
0: Mm -hmm. And then uh, shout out to Taylor Baker, whose response was. Technically, it would be Last and First Men, which I saw back in 2020, but the, of well known titles that actually played in a theater, it's Drive My Car by a Mile. So, thank you for a very long winded response there, Taylor. <laughs>
1: That's so rude. Your, your pick needs a specification. Yeah, geez, to go <laughs> So rude.
0: <laughs>
2: See, see if Taylor ever submits a ballot for you again. I know, I know. And I was,
0: don't know. I don't know if he listens to the show or not. But I apologize, Taylor. It's like
1: so unnecessary. To like. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, and then a last shout out to Sammy who wrote Dune, and then in brackets, always Dune.
1: I, I, I I'm there with with Sammy. I think Dune is amazing. I, well, we'll get into it with the picks, but yeah, I love Dune too. <laughs>
0: All right, well, we're here now. Let's talk about Best Picture. I'll lead this off. My want, I I, I I struggle with this now. I originally was like very confident in Belfast, but the longer time has passed, the more I think about Drive My Car, and those two are so close to each other. But I'm going to stick with my original with Belfast, But who I think is going to win. I think it's going to be Power of the Dog. I think it's going to win both Director and Picture, And yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about that. What about you, Rachel?
1: I'm picking for my personal pick is drive my car. Um, as much as I love Dune, it, I, I I can appreciate that it is like part one of a bigger story and maybe it's not fair to Dune to do it that way, but, um, I don't know. It just, it kind of feels like it's just the beginning and yeah, I don't know. Not to say that the beginning can't also be a best picture, but, um, Something about that that kind of was a bit of a hang up for me. So I went with Drive My Car because it it just blew me away. I think that's such a great movie. Um, I took a long time to watch it because I had started it like in December. Actually, I did watch it back in December. And then I guess it just wasn't in the best headspace for it. And I just found it a little bit boring. Like I just couldn't get into it. So I kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then, yeah, I watched it um today and was absolutely just very very enamored by it and very taken by the film and um it's one that like i will 100% watch again even though it is a long movie um but yeah so i drive my car would be my personal pick uh the one that i think is gonna win is one that i mentioned earlier as being a bit of a sleeper hit i think coda might win i think like the the smart money is on power of the dog Cause I think that it just makes the most sense to me that power of the dog would win. Cause it's the most kind of Oscar-y type movie. Um, but something says like Coda to me, I just, I feel it for Coda. I feel like people want Coda to win. People are rooting for Coda and everything that like all the people who worked on it and just everything it stands for. Like, so I, I kind of, I just, I feel it for Coda. So I'm going to go with Coda as my pick.
0: Wow. That's a, a huge curveball there. Yeah. Steph, what about you?
2: I love that pick. Um, so I also start with this. My first for a long time was Belfast. And I mean, to be perfectly frank, I am biased. I am a child of a parent who moved from Belfast for very similar reasons of what this movie was all about. So this super hit home for me. Um, and especially Syrian Hines, who reminded me so much of my grandfather. I loved this movie and was definitely my number one for the longest time. And including after I watched my eventual pick. It was still number one. But like I mentioned before already, um, the power of the dog just keeps coming back to me. I keep thinking about it. Everything that happened, slow progression, where it ended up, how it all turned out, just seems to be super amazing. And I loved everything that happened in it. And that's eventually become my preferred winner. I want that one to win. Um, And I think it is going to be the winner. I do agree with Rachel. I feel like Coda could be that sleeper that comes in and just snatches it away. But I see Power of the Dog winning and I would be happy with that because it is my choice. It is my preference.
0: Excellent. Well, there you go. Those are all of our picks for who we think will win the Oscars and who we want to win the Oscars. As I've already promoted several times, Rachel and I will have our article about our snubs if we were Oscar voters coming out very shortly. So make sure you look out for that. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your picks with us.
1: Thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. I'm so glad we got to do a show together. I'm very excited about that. And I'd like to do another one. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like how we aligned on a lot of things.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and I felt that we yeah. would. I felt like a kindred like connection there. I was like, this is going to work <laughs> yeah. out well. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of hi, course. Dakota. You're here, I'll too. Dakota's here, too. Oh, yes. You're here, too. Yeah.
0: I didn't, you know, create this show or anything.
1: It's fine. You created it. It's like, you know, the, the first mover of something like they create the foundation and then it takes like two brilliant mm. minds to come together and yeah. really like push it to its full potential. That's Steph and I. That's that. That's us. <laughs>
0: I look forward to be relegated <laughs> to just editor of the Rachel, Stephanie and Naomi podcast.
1: It'd be nice. yeah. It'd be like, you know, those like other podcasts where like, the producer has just like every now and then pops in and says something. That can be you. (laughs) That can be you.
0: (laughs) I will edit myself in.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, Rachel and I will be
0: back with another special guest after the Oscars when we look to see who did the best based on our predictions as well. But Rachel, what are you working on and where can listeners find more of your work?
1: Uh, You can go to my Twitter, which is underscore Rachel KH. I was actually looking up what was the last thing that I did. Um, I did did an interview with Domi Shi who is the director of Turning Red. I almost forgot the name of the movie. Um, and that came out on Disney+. It would have been a couple weeks ago at this point. But um, yeah, I did a, uh, an interview with Domi on Exclaim, so you can go check that out.
0: Now, do you think Turning Red is next year's Best Animated Feature winner?
1: I think it'll be nominated at like a minimum. It will be nominated, but, you know, I don't know if it'll win. It might. <laughs> She's won. I mean, she won Bao for Bao, so she's already, she is an Academy Award winner. So that is kind of cool.
0: Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I haven't gotten to it yet. We are planning on doing uh, an episode about turning red uh, in the next little while, so I'm excited to get to that. But uh, you can follow this show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pod. And you ag- if you agree or disagree with our Oscar picks, let us know your thoughts. Send an email to ContraZoomPod at gmail.com. Thank you to Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music and to Stephanie Pryor for the logo design. That's you. And if you like to listen to podcasts on YouTube, we do post all episodes there too. Thanks for checking us out.